Here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. A fund set up to help communities deal with polluted air could get poached by the county. We just learned who put the carry in the carry blast furnaces. And if you're looking for love, there's a new on-camera opportunity in town. It's March 24th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. I'm with public sources Quinn Glabicki and CityCast Elizabeth Kama. Good rainy morning, y'all. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten lucky so far this month. Uh, I really thought that March was our rainiest, but it turns out that's not true. Y'all want to guess what is Pittsburgh's rainiest month? I feel like it's something strange like November, like we might not expect it. Incorrect. Elizabeth, you want to take a guess? February? Incorrect. It's June. So... I don't know, I guess from rainy air to poor air quality, uh, <laughs> Quinn. Um, I know we've had a lot of alerts in the last two months. Um, is, maybe it's just because we're extra attentive right now because of the derailment. But what's going on? I mean, that's kind of standard Pittsburgh this time of year as well. Um, but back when that derailment happened, there was a lot of concern going around about how our air quality in Allegheny County is going to be impacted. And pretty much the health department has said that they've seen no changes in air quality. So that's good. So what we've been seeing with the alerts have just been normal Pittsburgh. Um, why why do we have so many of these alerts? Like what is going on with our, our region that gives us, you know, such bad air quality? Um, well, a lot of what we have to deal with here, particularly in the Mon Valley, is like inversions. That's kind of what really causes that concentrated air pollution to happen, which is essentially when cold air traps pollution close to human breathing level. You know, back in Prior to the Clean Air Act, you had the Denora smog way down the Mon, and um, that killed 20 people uh, in, in the 60s, I believe. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've still been reckoning with that history and, and that issue um, till today. It hasn't really been solved. We continue to have poor air qualities on a, on a regular, regular basis. Yeah. And luckily, people aren't you know, dying as they did in the Denor smog, but the particle that's getting trapped um, and that we're breathing in during those inversions is PM 2.5, which is not great for people with asthma or people with lungs. Um, so all people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of Claritin Coke Works that they, uh, they just said that they're going to take a few things offline that mm -hmm. will theoretically lower emissions in our area. Are you hopeful at all about that? It depends. Um, I think... They've been one of the biggest polluters in our area for decades, yeah. I think. Yeah. And they've been saying that they're going to do that for a long time. Um, I know there is some new information out about that. They've also, in the past, U.S. Steel has said that they would reinvest in the Mon Valley. Um, and what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were going to pour a bunch of you know millions of dollars into those facilities to update them and retrofit right, right, them right. with modern equipment. Um, and then a few years ago, they pulled out of that. So it remains to be seen what their plan for the future is in that in that region. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, that region and like the health consequences of, you know, that pollution, you recently reported that the health department in Allegheny County is trying to get more money from the Clean Air Fund. First of all, what is the Clean Air Fund uh, for our listeners who might not know? And why does the health department want money for it? So the Clean Air Fund is basically uh, a big pot of money where um, a portion of these violations from places like the Clarendon Coke Works, um, which is, you know, perennially violating um, our clean air 
regulations, um, their penalties will go into the Clean Air Fund. And that is supposed to be for projects that um, address air quality, that educate about air quality, that in general seek to um, improve air quality in Allegheny County. And right now that has about $10 million in it over the past six years, since 2016 or so, it's been between 10 and $12 million. And so the health department right now is in a bit of fiscal turbulence. Um, they are facing a $760,000 deficit this year. Um, and I should say not the health department. This is specifically the air quality program within the health department. Right. Which, those are the ones with the inspectors, right? That like help determine whether somebody is violating emissions mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. They're in charge of monitoring, enforcement, um, and also permitting um, for all of these large industrial uh, emitters. Yeah. And over the past few years, you know, you've had the Shenango Coke Works close. I believe that was in 2016. You've mm-hmm. had the Cheswick Generating Station close, um, which were by all accounts, really good for Allegheny County's air quality, but they're also long-term sources of revenue for the air quality program. And now those are, are dwindling and the, the air quality program is seeking for more funds. Well, and then the Clean Air Fund, it does community projects, um, which is very different from the county. Um, mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain like the role that they play and how they divvy up those dollars? Because it, it sounds like a good thing on its face, but I was fascinated by your reporting. It sounds like maybe it's not working like they yeah. say it should. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, So the Clean Air Fund is meant for these community-based projects. And I think if you look at the projects that have come out of the Clean Air Fund in recent years, community projects can, I think it's a broad understanding of what that is. For example, the top two recipients since I believe 2020 uh, are UPMC, Children's Hospital, and Carnegie Mellon University. (laughs) Elizabeth's face when you paused at UPMC. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, meds and eds get a lot of things in our community. I didn't realize they were getting our air fund. But it's for for the children, so continue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, those were to, for UPMC, that was to set up a pediatric asthma registry. Um, And for uh, Carnegie Mellon, it was for, you know, a study of um, air pollution in the Mon Valley. Um, however, there are a number of community organizations like Valley Clean Air Now down in Clareton and um, Allegheny County Clean Air Now up in Neville Island that have for years been trying to access this fund for their own projects in Clareton. They've been trying to get um, at-home air filters for residents, and they've had no success. Yeah. And and the big complaint from these community groups is like this fund is you know ostensibly here to support our initiatives, but there's no real like robust way of accessing that funds. Interesting. Um, so I guess what are people doing about it? Is anyone doing anything about it? Well, the Other health department. You, of <laughs> so so the health department wants to increase the amount of money from the clean air fund that they can use for their operations. Mm. Right now they can use 5% of the balance. Um, and typically that's around five dollars to $600,000 a year. 5% and, and $500,000 is hard for my brain to like compute, you know? Yeah. Um, but now they want to increase that to 25%. Um, so, Oof. and it would be capped at 1.25 million. So that could lead to, you know, in some cases, assuming they take the maximum out each year, um, by 2026, that could dwindle the, the clean air fund by up to 75%. Should it be up to the taxpayers to fund, like to bail the county out for this? I don't know. That's a question um, that, you know, a, a few people I talked to are, are saying should be up to the next county executive. There was oh, a lot yeah. of... Rich's term limited he's done this year. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, it's the timing of this effort to push this through. Um, and I should mention that they, it just passed to go to public comment from the Board of Health. And um, 
we'll see. Um, some some criticism has come out from the county controller and from others that maybe this is something that should be handled by a new administration. Oh, yeah. The controller, uh, Corey O'Connor, he's been promising to look into a lot of things. Is this, <laughs> is this on his list now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, after our inquiries, he, he committed to auditing the Clean Air Fund this year. Ooh, can't wait to see your future reporting on that, Quinn. Yes. Yeah. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. So in the same vein, let's talk about some of the historic causes for pollution in Pittsburgh. Keeping it light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about uh, Carry Blast Furnaces. Um, I grew up here. I know you did too, Quinn. Megan's a newbie. Sort of, if you can call almost 10 years a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> I can and I will. You have to hit a decade before you become from here. That's Can't wait for the naturalization <laughs> of the ceremony. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Um, but Quinn, did you know that Carrie's Furnace was called, like why it was called Carrie's Furnace? Um, did you you know that before you know this reporting has come out i had no idea no i mean the question of what the name has never haunted me um i feel like it was just always in the background it did haunt ron baroff who's the director of historic resources and facilities at rivers of steel the um place that kind of owns manages the property yeah yeah, yeah. um he's been looking into it since 1998 i love that dedication <laughs> he's a, a man on a, a long-standing mystery i guess yeah no truly but I think like if you look at a lot of the furnaces or uh, Coke plants or whatever, like Eliza, you know, a lot of them were named for women. Mm -hmm. So solve the mystery. Tell us who it was. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to explain why it was a mystery. Um, <laughs> if they were all named after like family members of, you know, the people who founded it, what what's the deal with Carrie, Carrie's furnace? Um, so HC and WC founds uh, were the founders. They didn't have any immediate family members named Carrie, so historians were, like, struggling to figure out who she could be until, hurrah, hurrah, local journalism saved the day. Um, Vera found an old newspaper article that identified her as Carrie Clark. So who is Carrie Clark? It's sort of obvious if you do the stereotypical journalism thing of following the money. Um, <laughs> but she's the daughter of the man who was an investor, president, and manager of the furnaces, William Clark. Um, she's related to the founders as their maternal cousin. Uh, but because she had, you know, her last name wasn't Founds, her identity was kind of lost to history for a while. Um, she had a relatively short life. She, like, only lived till age 25. Uh, but she had a really cool life for a woman born in 1863. Was it named after her before she died or after? Before she died. So she like lit the fire. She like, I don't okay. know, did like, I don't, I, I don't, 
this proves how Catholic like our city actually, was. Like literally held a like a, a a piece of wood to a thing and lit a fire. Well, the furnaces need to like have their first fire lit. Um, it, I've never imagined this as like a pilot light situation <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what she did. And she did what the newspapers at the time referred to as baptismal services. Which I have no clue what that means. I just, it just really gets to the heart of the fact that Pittsburgh is a Catholic city, that even our furnaces <laughs> need to be baptized. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, what is, what was Carrie's short story, I guess? <laughs> well, she attended Vassar College for a year, which was like very radical and cool for her time. Um, and ended up marrying a New York state senator and, and moving there um, after they got married. Uh, she even had a child before a year before she passed, uh, who she named after her father, William. But that's kind of all I can find out about her from now. Kirsten Payne, who works at the Rivers of Steel, um, has been researching more into the circumstances of her life. Um, so if you kind of want to flesh out like who she was and a little bit more about uh, the history, uh, Kirsten Payne is writing this series of blog posts about her that I think are really cool. Um, so she's no longer lost to history. Did she have sisters? She did not, as far as I can tell. Uh, she was she was chosen, I think, because she was the only daughter of okay. William Clark. But I do think it's funny that HC and WC uh, founds had women in their family that they were just like, mm, no, you're I not. Mean, maybe the investor was just like, nah, my girl trumps yours. Yeah, <laughs> if you want my money. <laughs> if you want my money, my daughter has to be na- my daughter has to be recognized. Right. Um, and it's kind of sad that she wasn't like historically until now. But I mean, now we have access to her. I feel like this is a wonderful win for genealogists. You know, like <laughs> now that they have a name, it's so much easier to do that research and take it a step further if they can. True. It definitely adds a few paragraphs to the tour. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no longer a mystery um, when people ask. Cool. Uh, we'll put a link to the show notes um, for the Rivers of Steel and their awesome research. So have you all been following this Vanderpump Rules scandal situation? <laughs> because I don't watch any of those shows, but I really enjoy reading like New York Times explainers about the things that the kids like. Uh, <laughs> anyone? Anyone? I, I, I'm similar, except I don't read the New York Times explainers. I read Hunter Harris's, um, she's a journalist, explainers of this sort of stuff. I have no clue. I don't care about, I don't watch these shows, but I like knowing the drama just so like if someone's like, oh my God, he did what? I'm like, he did what? Like, I just I, want to be culturally relevant. That's it. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's a reality show. Um, that's as far as I can take it. Uh, but Pittsburgh is getting its own TV show, um, reality-like show, It's but it's for dating. Um, it's by Very Local. Have you guys seen the advertisements for this? I I know Very Local. They they did Ed and Day in the Berg, um, like the drinking partner show, but I have not heard of this. Correct. Uh, that I think their season two just dropped last week, um, which is really fun. They go to a different neighborhood and like try different things and check out restaurants and activities. I think they boxed at one point. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and all kinds of food. Um, but yeah, uh, this one's new. It's called Local Love. Um, and we talked to a producer who's worked on the show in other cities. Um, Very Local is a national thing. Um, and they're helping bring it here. Uh, this is Jamie Myers. The premise of the show is there's one eligible single, three blind dates, one second date. So viewers watch as one local single goes on three blind dates doing curated activities within their city. While looking for love, the daters also develop a love for new things to do in their city. And honestly, that's been the case. We've uh, currently on on the app, you can watch our Kansas City local love episodes. Um, And 
it was true. You know, we, I was on set with the locals and we took them places. They've lived there all their lives and they didn't know these places existed. I love that you're soliciting for date ideas. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, we want we don't want to put uh, individuals in a situation where they're uncomfortable. So we want to know what they want to do. Uh, and we want it we want it to be fun for them. So uh, and some some people have great ideas, you know, things that wouldn't even pop into my head. But um, any teasers you can you can offer there? I can tell you I don't want to give anything away for Pittsburgh. I can tell you in some other cities, uh, they'll be curling. So okay. that that was a super fun date. I feel like all of us become curling experts exactly every four years, you know? You know, it's not as easy as it looks. I'll be honest. I tried. <laughs> I mean, it I is. don't like sweeping in my day-to-day life, let alone on ice. It's a lot of fun. The daters in that situation had a lot of fun and obviously had never done it. That wasn't something that anyone asked to do. That came out of my head. So I guess we can't go curling. Um, but <laughs> Quinn, and, uh, what would you do? What's What's your best date idea? I don't know if it's a my best date idea, but I feel like for a show like this, you have to do something that's both like exhilarating and also like sentimental for the city. So I would mm, say that's very thoughtful. Of you. Yeah, wow. I would say like <laughs> permanies. What? <laughs> you that is not where I thought you were going to go with that. You want to see someone that you want to potentially date, like try to try to eat a permanente sandwich. If you can get past that, I think you're meant to be. <laughs> is that seriously your answer? <laughs> Oh um, my god. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I I had a similar vein. I thought that like if you want to date like I feel like part of the the fun of these shows is uh putting people in situations that they don't enjoy and just watching them flounder. Uh so I think a really like fun way to try to get to know someone is taking them to like you know, a tailgate or like Picklesburg, like the most like chaotic, like kind of sticky, mm. gross Pittsburgh scene that you've ever seen. And just like trying to get each other, getting to know each other in that, you know, space. I got a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, think, go. I think they should have to go to the Kenny Chesney concert together. <laughs> okay. What? Bonding by war? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta cement, the, you gotta trauma bond them. I don't know if you watch any reality love TV shows, but those relationships are not formed on a healthy, uh, on a healthy foundation. They're formed in, in pain and trauma. Um, we took it to social media. There were a couple of good recommendations. Um, the roller skating rink. I thought Aww. that was cute. Um, candle making. There's a lot of good options for that in our city right now. Um, of course, a classic, and we're coming up on the season, tailgating. I said Bond by War. I mean, Kenny Chesney is sort of tailgating, but anyway. Um, our own Francesca, I asked her, bless her, she put together an entire date day itinerary. Oh, wow. <laughs> she believes in full day dates. She doesn't half-ass anything. <laughs> Never. Um, so it's Commonplace Coffee, City Books. I have not uh, looked at this in advance. Let's see. Oh, City Books has blind dates with a book. I agree, actually. That's really cute. Um, they're wrapped in paper, so you can't actually tell what book you're buying. It just gives you a out-of-context description of whatever the book is going to be about. Those can be fun. Um, then she says, Mayfly Market on Arch Street um, to get some sandwiches. <laughs> Um, and a picnic in Allegheny Commons Park, a real north side tour there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's not going to cross a bridge um, uh, in Pittsburgh to date someone that's not, you know, <laughs> that's not that's not what we do here in this city. Of course. Um, and then producer Mallory Falk uh, suggested Pusity's Garden in Lawrenceville if you really want to be fancy. Um, and she loves Chantal's Cheese Shop. Mm. Um, also picnics. I like that CityCast is really rolling deep in the picnics. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of my favorite things to do is just go hang out in... Frick Park, um, mm. where I grew up next to, um, and just 
we we go on like a lot of nature happy hours where we just yeah. hang out and I mean, in I a like, hammock and oh, stuff. That's so sweet. Yeah. I really like uh like doing like wine tastings with mm -hmm. people. Like something where there's like an educational component so you can mm. talk and like have a nice back and forth or a reaction to an experience, but you also like don't have to talk the whole time. Like you can stay focused on a thing and then comment on it. It's nice. Maybe they should go to Carrie Furnace. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. One date idea too could be um to ride the incline. That's a short date. It is a short date. <laughs> but maybe that's good. Maybe you don't like them. <laughs> Maybe you want to see them and go. I mean, that's the other part of the educational one is like um, you can kind of like, you know, at least you come out with learning something else. Like I take this sewing class with a workshop PGH. Very fun. Made a tote bag. You know, I could do that as a date. Um, I could have a tote bag at it at the end of it if they were the worst. I also love a physical activity like, you know, maybe like riding a portion of the gap trail mm -hmm. or, you know, going to one of the climbing gyms or something mm -hmm. like that. There's nothing like sort of suffer festing just a little bit through an activity you're not naturally graceful at. To really bond you over a, a nice time. Trauma bonding. I, I told, you're right. You're yeah. right. I, take I mean, it back. Go, go swim in the Mangahela. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the polar plunge. <laughs> go, go, go do that. Like, yeah, yeah. If they if they can't do it, maybe they're not ready to get down. <laughs> if you can't swim in the Mangahela, you can't date me. I ha I hate to I hate to tell you that. I hate to tell our entire audience that. Uh, so Local Love is looking for both contestants and those date ideas. Um, anyone can apply any age, gender expression, orientation. We'll put the form to apply in our show notes. Um, thank you both so much. This has been fun. Thank yeah. You. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our team this week includes Lizzie Goldsmith, Elizabeth Kama, Francesca DeBecco, and me, Megan Harris. Music is by Benji. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. Talk to you then. I probably shouldn't drink my coffee this close to the microphone.